Over the past several weeks, we have been looking at uh, verses in the Bible that people have read and misquoted. And we're, about to, we're going to turn in this series just a little bit and look at verses that people say that aren't even in the Bible. Most, this happens more than you know. And we have a tendency to, we, we, we feel like, I think sometimes, if we could just say them uh, holy enough, you know, like how you'll say, um, you'll say things like, uh, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. Like you, when you say it, you say it with like a sort of a wisdom tone. That you don't really say other. Well, no one ever just says that passively. They just, or you know, in their actual voice, they sort of they lower the voice, they whisper, they nod a little when they say it, kind of giving you the giving you the uh, implication that and see it's scripture, cleanliness is next to godliness. Who says? Now my mom told me that one a lot, and I grew up. To become a person who studies my Bible on a regular basis just so I can tell her that's not true. <laughs> I'll see y'all later. <laughs> now, we, uh, I, I'm not going to do this. I, we have a good crowd um, this morning. I meant to do this before I started talking real talk. But uh, next week, we will have been here four years. And we're, no, well, no, not that. I don't, that's not why I did that. Stop that. With the smatterings. Uh, and we, I want you to know, this has been the best four years of ministry we've ever had. Uh, we really love you guys, and we want to stick with you guys as long as you'll have us. Um, so we're um, just very, very thankful for you. And, the, you know, we, we, when we pick a church, when we, that was kind of the place we were in. We were looking, and people were saying, hey, come interview here. And we would, but y'all, and Todd... Todd asked us to come and then uh, to interview and said, no, just, just don't say no. Which kind of, I didn't have any other options, but yes. So we came and there was a, um, there's just a feeling here. And when people, when people come and they tell me, they'll come to this church and they'll say, that ch- y'all's church is so loving and so, it's just different. I just can't, and I always stop, and I tell them, I know exactly how you feel. Because I, I was you four years ago. There's just something about this church that is worth investing your time and energy in. And if you are new here, um, it, it, is, it is worth it. I guarantee you it is worth it. We've been um, running with this crowd for four years now and haven't regretted a second of it. So we're very thankful for you. And back to the sermon. Uh, so sometimes you can say, you, you can sort of baptize sayings, like old, old wives' tales of, well, this is, and we'll say it very scripturally, although we can't really even point to scripture. And one of the problems that we run into is we've, we've baptized these sayings, we've made them holy when they shouldn't be holy, and we'll say, well, you know, the concept's there. And most of the time, that's not true either. Our saying this morning, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous to advance it because people, like, I've heard 
So many people say this this week. I never hear anybody say it, and I've heard so many people say it. It's not a bad thing to say, but it's not Scripture either. This too shall pass. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you were, you were one of the ones I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> that never happens. What? <laughs> you know, from the back. <laughs> oh, okay. So, this too shall pass. Yes, okay. We, so what happens often is we will, um, we run into a difficult problem. And we'll say... I don't want it to be like this anymore. And we'll be talking to people and say, oh, this is awful. And what they'll say to us as advice to us is, hey, listen, this too shall pass. And it sounds Bible because no one ever says shall. Especially whenever it's misused. You know, you only use shall whenever it's the first person plural. Right? Future tense. I mean, we all get that. I'm just going over it again. <laughs> this too will pass. This is, but like we, we shall. We sound like Gandalf. So we sound, we sound holy. And we, we sound like we know what we're talking about. But sometimes, here's news. And, you, and sometimes people will say, well, I don't know if this will. What happens a lot after that is they sort of, they'll, they'll turn the saying and say, well, you know, eventually. Like eventually in heaven, there will be no problems. When God's kingdom comes, there will be no problems. So what you're telling me is someday I'll die. Like that's your advice to me right now. I'm, I lost my job. You know, don't worry, someday you'll die. <laughs> this too shall pass away (laughs) what no this is bad advice because sometimes it doesn't pass this too shall pass assumes that someday things will be back to normal i hear this all the time from people telling me i just I just want my life to be back to normal. And I always ask them, well, define normal for me. What do you mean by normal? Because I can guarantee you this, whenever whatever your life was, wasn't normal. And whatever it was before that, wasn't normal. Like, your life is a... a, uh, a word of, I couldn't think of the word. Your, your life is a path that, is, that has all of these different turns on it. And once you make the turn, you've made the turn. You, you can't go back to where it was. There are events in your life, events in my life, that when they happen... They've happened and they've affected me forever. There is no going back to before we had the fight. 
There's no going back to before we lost the job. There's no going back to before I got sick because it's happened. Now, Jesus will often say, it came to pass that this will happen. And we kind of will jump on Jesus' words with this. But that's not exactly what he's saying. He's just saying, here's a story. That's a good Greek or Hebrew way of saying, here's a story. It's, 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 it's there once upon a time. He doesn't mean anything by it. He's just starting a story. So, he'll say, it came to pass and there was a story. But your story is affected by every choice you make. Teenagers, do you hear this? Every single choice you make affects your story. For good. You know what? And you you can overcome it. You can move beyond it. But it will never go away. It has affected and it affects and its effect stays. We live not in a, we should not live in a constant state of trying to get things back to normal because normal is a mythical place that never existed. My house, and I'm probably the largest part of this, is not a normal place. Your house isn't a normal place place and that's fine most most movies and television shows nowadays want you to picture like the perfect romance and by perfect romance i don't mean like how it happened like how exactly it happened just we want it to happen in 90 minutes like we want it to happen quickly and efficiently and we want life to sort of we want there to be a problem. Yeah, we can handle problems, but as long as they resolve pretty quickly. But it might not resolve. That person may never like you again. You may never get back to where you were. Life is not about getting back to where we were it's about following Jesus and letting Jesus define who we are. There's this verse in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll start in verse 6. Paul says, Paul says probably the worst thing he ever says. I love this. This makes me laugh every time I read it. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Wait, did you just brag and not brag at the same time? Even if I choose, I've started saying that on the basketball court. Even if I choose to boast, it would be true, but I will not boast. I don't really say that. No one's playing with me. So no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassing great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited or arrogant, I was given a thorn 
in my flesh, a messenger of Satan or a messenger of the adversary to torment me. Now, we could stop right here and spend a lot of time just guessing at what this is. Don't know. Moving on. He was given something that he didn't like. Something that, he, that was tough enough that he wanted God to take it away. He, this was not something he wanted. It, actually, the options are migraine headaches, poor eyesight, a sin of sort, some kind, um, a lizard that just followed him around oddly, um, a... No, that's not, last one's not true. But there, there, he was given, like, he was given something that he didn't want it. Have you ever been given something you didn't want? Clara just had a birthday party. Several. And, and we, uh, she got presents. People give her presents. And that makes me think of, uh, it was making me think of, like, this whole idea of, uh, like, when, you remember when you got married? And you had your first anniversary, and people brought you a present, like your in-laws and your parents, and if you have a good sister or something, your sister brought you a present and said, here's a present for y'all's anniversary. And you thought, well, this being married thing's pretty fantastic. And you opened it together, and you realize at that point, from now on, the wife will open the anniversary present because it's only for her. <laughs> Thanks. You got a candle for us both. Right? That's typically how it works. Well, and guys, don't get, don't get all high and mighty and say it needs to change because the reason your wife gets a present for being married to you for a year is because she's been married to you for a year. You, men, you got to marry a woman. She had to marry a man. That's how it works. So, women, women get the presents. And a lot of times, you, you, the, the first one, you think that's going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah, I, no, that does smell good. Yeah. You have to... You have to live, you, you got something, maybe it's not something that you don't want, but, it, but have you ever gotten a present that you really don't want? Yes. Yeah. It, you kind of, well, uh, <laughs> thanks, Uncle Jim, a flask. I'm a preacher. That's not, I can't even put water in this. <laughs> You don't, some things you just don't want. And God, Paul here is saying, God gave me something, God gave me something I didn't want. A messenger, someone telling me that I am being fought against. The messenger of Satan, the messenger of the adversary. And I wanted to go back to the way it was before God gave me the thing. And so I, I prayed. I pleaded. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. 
God said to me, it's not about going back to the way things were. It's not about letting the thing that you had uh, that, you, that you don't like, it's not about letting that pass. It's about using it and saying, I, God can handle this. God, can, God, will, uh, God will take what I'm suffering, take what I'm struggling with, and use it. God can use it. Read your Bibles this week. All, uh, If you spend about an hour and a half a day in your Bible, which is a lot, you'll read it in about 90 days. If you spend about 10 minutes a day in your Bible, you'll, you can make it probably in about the year. Maybe it'll take you a little longer. If you read your Bible, your whole Bible, from front to end, I want you to find a really good example of a human being not named Jesus. Just someone that if I followed that person and did everything they did, I would, have, I would be living on the up and up. Life would be going well. Find me a person like that. You won't be able to do it. And now there are some that just God just sort of said, okay, well, you just come with me. A couple. But for the most part, what we find are people who are horrible in one area of life or the other. David, a man after God's own heart, committed murder because he was trying to cover up an affair he had. Like, you can barely become an elder here with that in your past. <laughs> that, you, that's not a, that's not a good thing. Like, none of us would say that's good. Jesus, Jesus is the only person in all of the Bible that we find lives on, on the straight and narrow the whole time. Everybody messes up or gets killed pretty quickly. God is not working with perfect people. God is not using perfect messengers. God is using broken people in broken lives, a lot of whom wish their life would get back to normal before God got a hold of it. But when God gets a hold of you, a lot of what he does is uses your brokenness for his glory. Uses the things that you wish weren't for his glory. Uses the things that you're struggling with, that you're sad about. God can use it. Not saying he's, not saying he's causing it. Not saying he can't cause it. But God can use it. Paul says, I prayed, I play, prayed to God, pleaded with God three times. I want this to go away. Make it like it was. Make this pass from me. And God's answer to him is God's answer to you. This is not for your comfort. This life is not for your comfort. My grace is sufficient for you. 
My gift is enough. God will use your weakness to make the world see His glory. If you'll let it. So that the saying should be converted a bit. Well, Paul says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. We've talked about this before, but don't, don't be the sort of person who brags about being a certain sort of person. Don't, when people say, wow, you, that was generous of you, don't then say, well, you know, mom and dad raised me right. I was raised to sort of uh, do the right thing. I was, yeah. no, no, that's wrong. That's sin. Don't take credit for the good you're doing. When someone says, that was so nice of you, tell them about Jesus. When someone says, that was so generous, tell them about how God has been generous with you. Take their praise and redirect it to the one that actually deserves it. Paul says, I'm going to brag about my weakness so that God can be glorified. I'm going to boast and how I'm not, I am not the best person. That's, that's sort of, actually, to be honest, that's kind of sometimes how it's viewed, is the, pre- the preacher is the one who's supposed to be the good person. And y'all have been around me long enough that I'm not always that. I, I can, okay, this is my mom's language, so I'm just quoting her. I can be a toot. I can be. I know that. I haven't solved it yet, but I can be. We don't. And what, that's what I love about this congregation is no one's pretending to be better than they are. We're just all sort of broken people. Boasting in our weakness. Humbly coming before God saying, I don't, I don't have this together. And letting God work in us and through us our brokenness. The best youth ministers I ever knew was a, a, a he's not dead. The best youth minister I know is named Dennis. Dennis is a, a youth minister uh, down in Duncanville, Texas. Dennis uh, once was uh, did this class um, in which he led a um, he, he made this uh, piece of pottery and then he let the kids um, break it. They, it busted up. And over the, that was the first, first day of camp. Actually, that was a sermon. He, in this sermon, the, the, this vase busted. And at night, for, for the rest of the week of camp, all the kids would go to bed and he would go up to the mess hall and he had all the pieces, all these shards, tiny fragments and he was slowly gluing them together. And he, by Thursday night, he had, um, by Wednesday night actually, he had, he had put the thing back together the best he could. It, w- it, had, it had holes in it. It was broken. Um, it looked like a, 
awful, uh, awful addition of what it once was. And he brought, the, he brought it out to the kids Thursday night and he set it down on a table and he said, this is the best I could do. It's not perfect. It's not like it was. And then he put a lantern in it and it just shone out through all the lights, through all the holes. And, all, and he told these kids, you have your hole. And God, the light of God will shine through those holes more than they'll shine through the parts of you that are all put together. That was good, wasn't it? That's so true. You, you, in your broken, we are, sometimes it feels like we're just so scared to show people we're broken. That's one of the only ways you're going to show them Jesus. One of the only ways you're going to show them the one who redeemed you is to show them how you needed to be redeemed. One of the only ones, only ways you're going to show people the one who forgives sins is to show them the, your sins that have been forgiven. Boast in your weakness. So you're not saying this too shall pass. You're saying this too can be used. It may not. It may last forever. It may not, it may only last for a little bit of time. So you have a shot when it's hard to show the world God. Don't waste your shot. Because God can use the hard times. So he's he's an expert. Our chaos and our brokenness is the medium through which God makes his most beautiful art. God will will show through you. A lot of times what we'll do is we'll just plaster up, right? We'll just cover up and we'll say, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, everything's fine. This too will pass. Let's just wait this one out. Yeah, it might pass. But if it passes without you making the most of it to give glory to God and to show others the light of God, then you've missed a golden opportunity. Don't just sit and wait for it to pass. Find ways and let it be used. Does God need to forgive, redeem, save you this morning? Do you need to repent? Convert, believe, show your faith this morning. You need to be immersed with Jesus, united with Jesus in baptism. That's the ultimate moment of you saying, I am not good and I need a God who is good to make me that way. I have my holes and I need the light to shine out of it. If, you, if, if that's going to be your story this morning, don't let that feeling pass. Use it for the glory of God. Come forward while we stand and sing.